0: to another episode of the Easy American English Podcast. I'm your host, Teacher Yvonne. The Easy American English Podcast was created to help English learners get a better understanding of some of the more difficult concepts in American English. Without further ado, let's get started. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the podcast. And today we're going to talk about adpositions. We've got quite a bit to cover, so let's get started. What is an adposition? An adposition is a cover term for prepositions and postpositions. It is a member of a closed set of items that occur before or after a complement composed of a noun phrase, noun, pronoun, or clause that functions as a noun phrase, and with the complement to express its grammatical and semantic Relation to another unit within a clause. And the two types, as I mentioned, are prepositions and postpositions. Do not allow that formal definition of what an adposition is to scare you. We're going to break all of this down. And we're going to start with prepositions. A preposition is an adposition that occurs before its complement. And traditionally, a complement is a constituent of a clause, such as a noun phrase or an adjective phrase, that is used to predicate a description of the subject or object of that clause. It can also be a complement like a phrasal or clausal category that's subcategorized by the head of the phrase. Again, I'm going to break this down into very easy to understand English. I imagine that most of you already have some understanding what a preposition is and the function that it performs. Simply put Prepositions are words that communicate where something is, when something happened, or that communicates relationships with words that give you information about a place, describes a movement, or even describes a a time. Prepositions are connectors, and they relate one word to another within a sentence. Prepositions can be simple or compound. Simple prepositions are one-word prepositions and they include words like at, but, in, on, for, to, and many, many more. You may hear simple prepositions called common, uh, common in the sense that they are frequently used. Now, there are also compound prepositions. Compound prepositions are those prepositions that are made by prefixing the preposition to a noun, an adjective, or an adverb. Some examples are amongst, amidst, above, around, along, across, about, below, beneath, beside, between beyond, outside, within, and without. Some prepositions are also conjunctions, and as such, an instructor may describe those prepositions as coordinating, subordinating, and correlative um, or correlative. Some prepositions are also conjunctions and as such an instructor may describe prepositions as coordinating, subordinating and correlative. Some prepositions are also conjunctions and as such an instructor may describe prepositions as coordinating, subordinating and correlative. Correl- We will discuss what those terms mean when we discuss conjunctions in the next episode. Another term you may hear with respect to prepositions are terminal prepositions. You may hear prepositions referred to as terminal prepositions as well. A terminal preposition simply means a preposition at the end of a sentence. Now, depending on your age, you may have been taught that you should never allow a preposition at the end of your sentence. I remember being taught the same thing when learning the rules of grammar. However, this rule is not accurate. So, you will say, hmm, if it's not accurate, how is it that you are being taught this in your grammar lessons? Why are you being taught this? And, you know, to some extent, I think this still may be uh, taught as an actual English grammar rule. And I wondered why is this happening if this rule is inaccurate? I did a little research and I found that this idea comes from the rules for Latin grammar. Well, Latin is Latin and English is English. Now, many believe that English is primarily a Latin or a Romance language. However, English is a mix of many linguistic influences. The general consensus is that English is more of a dramatic language. Thus, it should not be taught with the rules of Latin. I would stretch this argument even further by suggesting that English, like other languages, is a distinct language, uh, despite sharing words with other languages of varying origins. Even in mutually intelligible languages, um, all of those languages are independent, living entities capable of evolving over time. I've said all of that to tell you to not worry about leaving a preposition at the end of a sentence. Um, And if you've learned this grammatical rule, it is a very difficult rule to break. Uh, To this day, I automatically structure my sentences so that there are no prepositions at the end, especially when writing. Again, it's a very difficult habit to break if you've learned this rule in English grammar. However, there's no need to stress about it. This rule, you know, it's... It's not accurate, and that's pretty much all you need to know if you ever hear the term terminal prepositions. Just know that it's a preposition at the end of a sentence. Now that we've described what a preposition is, let's talk about how they are used in English. Of course, prepositions don't exist on their own. They're used within a context called a prepositional phrase, A prepositional phrase is a group of words consisting of a preposition, its object, and any words that modify the object. And some examples are, my cat is sitting on my lap. I work at Microsoft in the accounting department. Most of the time, a prepositional phrase modifies a verb or noun. These two kinds of prepositional phrases are called adverbial phrases and adjectival phrases, respectively. Don't allow this to confuse you. Because adjectives modify nouns, a prepositional phrase that modifies a noun is behaving like an adjective. So we refer to its behavior as adjectival. Thus, You would call that particular prepositional phrase an adjectival phrase. A couple of examples would be um, the backpack in the middle is the largest. I buy my produce from the market on Court Street. I've always wanted to own a cabin by the lake. Now, because Adverbs modify verbs. A prepositional phrase that modifies a verb is behaving like an adverb. Thus, we refer to it as an adverbial phrase. And some examples include, uh, to to make it through this deep snow, I will walk behind you. Okay, so behind you, it, it answers the question of where, where are you walking? Uh, Another example is, Susan ate her sushi with glee. With glee answers the question of how Susan ate or ate how. As simple as that. Prepositional phrases can also act as a noun. And these occurrences are fairly rare, but they can occur. And sometimes they make the sentence uh, sound a little odd, but just know that if it sounds odd or, or unnatural, it's not an incorrect use of grammar. Um, and for example, if you take the sentence, during a funeral is the worst time to burst into laughter, that sounds a little odd or a little unnatural because you could easily say, the worst time to burst into laughter is during a funeral. And that sounds a little easier. It's a little easier to understand. It's a little easier to say. However, putting the at the prepositional phrase, um, as the noun isn't cor- isn't incorrect, it just sounds a little odd. So during a funeral is the worst time to burst into laughter is technically grammatically correct. Another example. After the show will be too late for us to go shopping. Okay, that's correct, but. Naturally, most speakers would not express that thought in that way. They would say, it will be too late for us to go shopping after the show. So while you can use prepositional phrases um, as a noun, it's very rare. It's more of a stylistic choice that you can make when speaking or writing based on your level with English and how comfortable you are. Making the uh, prepositional phrase act as a noun. We have spoken about prepositions, what they are, how they function within a context. Now let's consider the other type of adposition, a postposition. The thing to remember is postposition comes after the complement or object in contrast to a preposition which will appear before the complement or object you may not have heard of postpositions in your english grammar classes because rather than confuse you it's likely the instructor the instructor just referred to everything as a preposition and then showed you that they can appear before or after a compliment. Um, Some postpositions you will likely see or hear in English, and you'll be familiar with quite a few of these as I name them are, ago, apart, aside, away, hence, notwithstanding, on, through, withal. I'm sure you've heard plenty of those words at some point and maybe you just didn't realize that they were considered postpositions, but let's check out, let's check out some examples of how these uh, postpositions could be used. One example is, I graduated from law school seven months ago. Concerns notwithstanding, I took out a second mortgage. Facts aside, she maintained her stance on the issue. Adpositions and post position, add positional, add positions and add positional phrases. Uh, I do hope that my explanations and the examples that I offer help clear up something that maybe was confusing um, or gave you some idea of how to use these adpositions in your own speaking and in writing. So, just to summarize, adpositions and adpositional phrases include two categories prepositions that appear before the complement and adpositions that and postpositions that appear after the complement some prepositions are also conjunctions and again the next episode we'll talk more about conjunctions now, this concludes the discussion on ad positions. We will consider those funny words after we take a quick break. And welcome back. The funny words for this episode are beside and besides. Beside, B-E-S-I-D-E, and Besides, B-E-S-I-D-E-S. Now, if you were paying attention, you would remember that beside was one of our compound prepositions and it means next to or at the side of. Some examples of how to use beside are I sit beside Logan in my class. I left my book beside the lamp. My cat enjoys sitting beside me on the sofa. Beside, B-E-S-I-D-E, beside. It means next to or at the side of. Now that is different when you add an S and turn it into besides. Besides is an adverb that means also, as well, and its preposition meaning in addition to. Some examples of how you would use besides are She's primarily responsible for marketing and some sales besides. Besides English, I speak French and Spanish. To review, beside means next to or at the side of, while besides means also or in addition to these are two words that if you were confused about them do not feel bad plenty native speakers are confused by these words Uh, so this is just another helpful tidbit so that you will understand what's being communicated when you read or you hear someone use the word beside or besides. Great. Now, I hope that explanation was helpful. And we're going to move right into the word of the day. And I just kind of want to remind you guys that we select the word of the day to help you develop a more sophisticated English vocabulary. Typically, the word of the day is not uh, a common word among average English speakers. However, the words would be common uh, maybe among academics or anyone with a certain level of education, like graduate education perhaps. Many of the students that listen to this podcast are advanced level students seeking not only to gain clarification on some of the topics that we, we cover but also to enhance their vocabulary for academic or professional reasons. So we really uh, take the time to uh, offer words that are going to help you have a more sophisticated vocabulary. Uh, When you hear the words, don't think that they're useless just because you're less likely to hear them in daily or general, general conversations. All right. So the word of the day for this episode is marginalia. Marginalia. M a r g i n a l i a. Marginalia. Marginalia are marks made in the margins of a book, or Other document. They could be scribbles, comments, notes, doodles, critiques, glosses, what have you. Think about your textbooks or PDF files that you've printed to review or study for maybe work or for class or something. You may highlight portions of text within a book or document, the highlighting itself is not considered marginalia. Now, if you write some type of note or put an asterisk in the margin next to the idea, both the note and the asterisk would be considered marginalia. So marginalia are marks that you make in the margins, of any type of printed document. And as such, marginalia is a noun. Some examples of how to use marginalia are, the editor's marginalia of my manuscript was sarcastic, but helpful. Students will create marginalia to help them learn new concepts. The children's marginalia consisted of smiley faces, stars, and hearts. Marginalia Marginalia M-A-R-G-I-N-A-L-I-A